Hey, welcome to Get to Know an Average Joe. Because sometimes when you stop to ask a few questions, you learn incredible things about people. I was five years old when the war ended. I was in my driveway and you could hear all the horns and everything um, beeping and uh, it was pretty neat. I'm your host, Dodie Axelson. Reach me at Dodiax on Twitter and let me know what you think of these conversations. Today, our guest is Dottie Hansen. Hi, Dottie. Hi, Dodie. <laughs> Isn't that musical? <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your background. I was born uh, in New Jersey, outside New York City. I was born into a family of um, three sisters, one brother, um, and my parents were older when they had me. My mother was a paranoid schizophrenic, and my father was an alcoholic. It was interesting growing up, but now that I look at it, I was sort of raised by myself. No one really cared. My sisters and brother were all uh, older than I was. How much older? My uh, closest sister was five years older. My eldest sister was 13 years older. So there's quite an age difference. And actually, I thought of my oldest sister as my mother more than my own mother. I guess I, I, I felt a little more mature than other kids. But how is described freedom in the 1940s compared to, say, the freedom that you see your grandkids enjoy? Oh, I could go outside. I never had a fear of um, uh, any danger. Um, played outside. You played what you wanted to play. Um, but there was a war in Europe. Yes. Were you aware of that at all? Yes, I was. Uh, my father uh, was working um, for, he had a, a business of his own, and, and he was making um, food containers, uh, the, the uh, canteens and things like that for the government. And um, he would get extra fuel coupons. We were fortunate in that way. We, we had no food or fuel problems when I was growing up. I was five years old when the war ended, and I remember that day uh, with all the celebration and everything you could hear. I was in my driveway, and you could hear all the horns and everything um, beeping, and um, that was pretty neat. If that's a day that you remember so clearly from when you were five years old, what do you think are the, the big days that you remember throughout your life so far? So far. One that I, I carry with me all the time is I was um, driving. I, I must have been 17, and uh, I was driving along, and I was listening on the radio, and, and uh, the speaker on the, on the radio said, prejudice is not born, it is a choice. And uh, I swore then that if I ever had children, I would raise them not to be prejudiced because my father was extremely prejudiced. Although he married a Jewish woman, um, he disliked Italians because Italian, when he was little, he lived in New York City, and the mafia was big in New York City, and the mafia was Italians. The only time I ever got spanked was uh, when I played with a boy down the street named Robert Skelzo. He was Italian. And only because he was Italian. That was the end of that. Yes. Yeah. But your mother was Jewish. Yes. I had wished that I had been brought up Jewish. 
And I, I was not brought up in any religion. My father was Lutheran, and um, he never went to church or anything. I don't know where I got my morals from. Um, you know, I would never steal. I would never hurt anybody if I could help it. Um, we were talking about days that you remember. So you've lived in Germany. You've lived on Okinawa. You've lived in the United States. How do you suppose those chapters of your life uh, have shaped you? I have always thought when we traveled and when we lived in Germany that we were guests in their country. And to me, many Americans are thought of as um, ugly. And uh, when I went to Germany, my thought was that we live on the economy. We do not live in the military um, compounds. And by living on the economy, I learned their language. I walked around town with my dictionary. I I sat at the tables where they sat, uh, because in Germany you don't sit at separate tables, you sit at communal tables. And um, before I left, people thought I was German. When I went to Okinawa, I tried very hard to learn the Japanese language. Uh, It's a difficult language to learn because there's nothing familiar in it. Uh, And um, the Japanese um, consider their language a very pure language, and they're really not interested in having outsiders learn their language. Mm -hmm. And so it was very difficult. You had a child in each of these. You had a child, one in the United States, one in Germany, one in Okinawa, is that right? That's correct, yeah. What was that experience like, childbirth in these different locations? Well, it it was just like if I had been in the States because I was in military hospitals. So uh, as far as having children in, in German and, and Asian hospitals, it doesn't quite fit. So, But what about raising your kids then as, as very young people in those different cultures? Do you think that shaped them? It shaped my oldest son um, because he spoke German and played with German children. And he was about um, three, I think, when we came back to the States and he was speaking German. People um, started to uh, make fun of the fact that he, you know, was speaking German before English. And um, he started to stutter. And uh, I decided um, we had to drop the German. So he doesn't remember anything, um, but that must have had some effect on him. When when we were on Okinawa, uh, my second son, um, I mean, he played with um, uh, Americans, not not uh, Asian children, and my daughter was too young when we came back to have had any effect. So they weren't affected by that, but they were affected, I think, by the military life. In that, every few years we would move, and um, we decided after nine and a half years that um, it was better for the children if we left the military and so then okay so that was married life then if we if we move beyond married life and then after your children were raised you divorced can you talk about that decision and that phase a little bit and describe how that worked for you as a a person coming from your generation well for for many years I was very lonely in my marriage and um almost divorced when um, my youngest was in high school, but decided no. First of all, I I was a very insecure person, and um, it was very scary to even think about divorce. 
eventually, after the children were gone and um, my husband was going to retire, and as I said, he was an alcoholic. Oh, no, I didn't say that, but he was. And uh, we were building a house in Colorado, very small town. The largest store was the grocery store. Then there was a little restaurant and a little clothing store, and the second largest store was a liquor store. And I just saw the rest of my life as um, very, very lonely. And, and I, th I thought, I have, to, I have to leave. I have to get out of this. I can't spend the rest of my life like this. So I divorced him. It was very, very scary. Uh, you were how old? 50 55. 55, right? Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. And... Um, as it turned out, it was I never I never ever regretted it. And you went to Las Vegas, which is not a small town in Colorado. <laughs> the, bi <laughs> the biggest store is is much more than the grocery store. <laughs> yes, that's very true. And a lot of alcohol in Las Vegas, and um, of course gambling. And uh, I I do enjoy gambling. That's uh, that's true. But uh, I have found by living there that I, I gamble less and less. Mainly because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to leave whatever monies I have to my children, and, and I would not want to waste it all. <laughs> you are a grandma to my boys. You talked about wanting to leave an audio family history for them. Can you give us briefly what do you think are the essentials for the next generation to know about you and your generation? Oh, about me and my generation. Um, my grandfather came from Germany with a new wife, uh, settled in New York. She had become sick uh, on, their uh, on their arrival, and um, he uh, asked his father in Germany, who owned a Gasthaus, uh, to send someone over to care for his wife. And... Um, his first wife died, and a uh, woman who came over turned out to be my grandmother. He married her and had eight children. And my uh, grandfather was a, um, a successful mechanical engineer and had his own business. Uh, what were their names? Uh, his name was Charles Gans, and my grandmother was Clara Gans. Uh, and this was in the 1800s late 1800s. My father was born in 1896. When he was young, he went through eighth grade. He had a twin brother. He was uh, one of eight children. There were two sets of identical twins in the family. And when my father was um, in his late teens, early 20s, he went with uh, a friend of his named Bauer, whose father was part of uh, Bauer and Black, which was a very, very large company in Chicago. He went with his friend to Chicago, I think um, maybe looking for work in his friend's father's company. And as it turned out, he did not work for Bauer and Black. He drove cabs. He, um, my father invented um, the wheel lock. I don't know if he had a patent on it. He also invented... Um, uh, an apparatus to open the car door so that he, he he wouldn't have to get out every time somebody had to get out of his cab. He would open it internally. He met my mother. One day he went there for lunch, and they 
went to the Justice of Peace and got married. Nobody was very happy in my father's family that he married a Jewish girl, and nobody was very happy in her family that he married that she married a, a Gentile. So, <laughs> doomed from the start. Yes. So um, anyway, uh, my oldest sister was born in Chicago. What were your mom and dad's name? Uh, my father's name was William, and my mother's name was Carabella. And everyone called her Belle. After my oldest sister was born, um, my father's father died, and he had to go back to help support the family. And um, so they all, the three of them moved to uh, New Jersey, and um, he and his twin brother took over my, fa- my grandfather's uh, business. My father was the mechanical engineer, and my uncle was the front office guy. Mm-hmm. I, I must say also that, uh, that my grandfather had built the first Tootsie Roll machine. No way! Yes. How do you know that? Do you have photos? My father told me. Ah. And, um, and this Tootsie Roll machine actually uh, stuffed the Tootsie Rolls and then wrapped them, or yes. what did it do? Yes, it took the Tootsie Roll, and then it went through the machine, and they were wrapped. Um, and uh, my father always told me never eat Tootsie Rolls because of all <laughs> the mouse droppings and everything. Did that make you want Tootsie Rolls more? Yeah, I guess, because I loved them. <laughs> and my father really supported his whole family. All, all the relatives worked for, for him and my uncle, and um, he supported his mother. Anybody in trouble, my father was there to um, give them money. Uh, so what happened to the family business? Oh, the family business. Um, My father wanted my brother to take over the business. My brother was not interested at all. So my uncle's son took over the business and uh, had a very good living, (laughs) you know, with it. And my brother... um, So does it still exist today? I believe it does, but I'm not positive. And what's it called? It was Gans Brothers. And what is the Gans trait, do you think? Has, Has there been a trait that has been handed down to your three children? From the Gans family? Interesting. Um, I, I think um, my oldest son uh, and um, his mathematical mind, I think, probably comes from my father's side of the family. My second son is artistic, and I believe that comes from my mother's side of the family. My daughter, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, your daughter turned out to go into the medical profession, which is uh, her own dad's profession. So maybe she went the Hansen route. That's correct. Maybe, maybe she did. The Gans family business is still in operation in New Jersey, and it's now called Gans Machinery, LLC. They make machines that make packaging material. Next time on Get to Know an Average Joe, you'll meet Gift who is all about strategy. The issue of how do we grow in a highly competitive market, that is a problem to solve. It involves a lot of research, a lot of analysis, a lot of deep critical thinking. And so I see that as a a, a strength, as well as an area that I have a passion for. I could do this for free. Join us next time. And now, if you'll excuse me,